Good evening, everyone. I am Rebecca Turner, the County Cook Recorder and Registrar of Voters. I'm going to be going through a presentation tonight, but before I get started, I thought I should introduce everyone. So I'm going to start on this side of the room, and this is our very nice PATV station who is coming out to help me today. And we've got Sarah Lensford and Susan. Why can't I think of your last name? <laughs> very sorry. The infamous Susan. Um, our county CAOs in the back, Krista Von Lada. And then my favorite person in the whole world, Robin Glanville, my assistant. And of course, our supervisors, Amanda Fallendorf, District 4, and Ben Stopper, District 5. It's good to see you all here. It's good to see good engagement. I'm glad the chairs are filled and we had a couple extras, so thank you. So, on the TVs right now, you'll see this is how our current supervisorial districts are laid out. The purple is District 4, which meets up at District 5 right here. And then we get District 1 and the blue, and the red is District 2. The green is District 3. So we don't have a lot of numbers to talk about yet in this point of the process. The main thing we want to focus on is what you consider your communities of interest. So we're going to talk a lot about communities of interest and how you could submit a map of your community of interest. And we say community of interest, it means this is a community that you don't want split by two supervisorial districts because you don't want your voting power to be impacted. So the overview of redistricting, every 10 years, districts must be with, redrawn so that each district is substantially equal in population. This process is called redistricting. It is important ensuring that each board member represents about the same number of constituents. In Calaveras County, the Board of Supervisors is responsible for redrawing the lines, but we're asking you this process to help them do that by submitting your maps so that we don't split up communities that you think are important to you. Redistricting determines which neighborhoods and communities are grouped together for the purpose of electing board members. And interested parties are encouraged to submit maps and comments on how they think the district boundaries should be drawn to best represent the communities of the county. So map criteria, the number one criteria is population. So the purpose of redistricting is to split the county's population evenly amongst the five districts. So that goal number we're trying to hit this redistricting process is 9,058 voters. We are allowed some percentage of deviation that we'll talk about in a little bit, but for the majority, we wanna get as close as possible to the 9,050 in each district. It's also really important that we are following the Voting Rights Act. So we shouldn't be making changes that are discriminatory or that our purpose is to be discriminatory against any parties. Um, equal, sorry, I think I need to take this off. Equal protection um, is very important in here. So we're not gonna be drawing lines, um, gerrymandering or, so part of the process, we wanna make sure the district's uncompact and we're not drawing peninsulas across the county boundaries from one district to another. Additional map criteria that went into effect since the last redistricting process, um, AB 1276 passed and it now gives us these rank priorities in addition to those first three priorities. And that's that districts are geographically 
contiguous. So to the extent possible, we're required to follow all of these rank priorities. Areas that meet only at points of adjoining corners or separated by water, not connected by a bridge. So if you have, say, District 1's on one side of Hogan, District 4's on the other, we shouldn't be adjoining those without some kind of land mass adjoining them. Uh, communities of interest we've talked about, that's another ranked priority. So whatever you submit in your map and tell us this is what the community thinks is important in our area, we need to be listening to and taking that into consideration as we draw the district lines. Supervisorial districts should be easily identifiable. So if we draw a district, say District 2 and District 3 have a very clear ridge line between the two of them, it wouldn't be easily identifiable if all of a sudden we took a little piece and of District 2 and added it to District 3 that would cut, cut across that ridge line. So we want to make sure that when we're drawing these lines, it's easy for the community to understand what their district is as well. And where it doesn't conflict with any of the other criteria, you want to make sure the district is geographically, geographically compact. And when we say compact, again, it's we're not drawing peninsulas or little lines and um, snakes across the county. It's keeping it as, as much together as we can. And then the Board of Supervisors shall not um, draw boundaries for the purpose of favoring or discriminating against any political party. So a community of interest, I keep using that term is a population that shares common social or economic interests that should be included within a single supervisorial district for the purpose of its effective and fair representation. Communities of interest do not include relationships with political parties, incumbents, or political candidates. So one of the things we're not allowed to do is take into consideration where current supervisors live and make sure we draw a map to include them in that district. We're supposed to be taking that completely off the board, which obviously with the supervisors drawing their maps. Um, they know where they live, so that's a little difficult. <laughs> um, but that's why I'm here. The purpose is to make sure I'm bringing all this information together and presenting it to the board without taking those type of things into account. It's okay, Rebecca. I'm willing to draw myself. I know. I, Ben's looking at me. He's like, what? <laughs> So communities of interest are very widespread as what could be considered urban versus rural areas, housing patterns, cultural, religious, language characteristics, communication or transportation networks, uh, redevelopment areas, school districts, um, congressional state legislative districts, not really a problem for us because typically we are in one state legislative area. However, I want to talk about that a little bit later as well. Um, income levels, educational backgrounds, age demographics, policy issues, uh, social interests, community centers, a dog park that you all have the same common interest in, regular recreational parks, um, media markets. So when I say a community of interest, it's really widespread and it's whatever you and your community feel you have shared interest in and that is what you would put on your community of interest comments. So we have a community mapper on our website. It's available now to submit maps. It allows the public to submit their community of interest, explain why it should not be split between two supervisorial districts, and make comments on maps submitted by others. 
So we also have it here today. Um, if anybody wanted to submit a map before they left, we have two computers set up and you could draw your map and we could help you or walk you through it if you had any questions on how to do that. We also have a YouTube video that walks you through the process and that's on our website along with the mapping tool. So the redistricting website, if you go to the county homepage and you scroll all the way down to the redistricting button, You'll go to that page and then you'll see an overview of the process, a timeline, a community mapper and how-to how video, population data, and public hearing videos. So all of these public hearings will also be on that website. The timeline. So census data released. So that was in the big news that the census data was released August 12th. The problem for us was Yes, it was released, but it wasn't released in a format that the county can currently utilize to draft maps. Um, so I went in and I pulled some data off to get very basic, here's our supervisorial district numbers um, estimate, and that's about the extent of it. But right now, the, the data that's out there, um, it's available, but it's statewide data, and to pull Calaveras specific is not a simple task. So we're hoping by September 30th is our goal date. I just got an update today that potentially September 16th we'll have Calaveras County specific data that we can release for the public to see. But in the meantime, we're just working out the estimates and we're proactively collecting community of interest maps and gathering comments from all of you um, while we await the data. So early October, we're hoping that we'll have the data to be able to release draft maps. And at that same time, we're going to release additional hearing dates and times that um, when we can discuss those draft maps. So once we have the data and we can estimate how long it'll take us to then put together draft maps, we'll, we'll send out more public hearing dates that tell you um, where we'll discuss the real data and the draft maps the county have put together. In the meantime, the public is allowed to submit a complete draft map if they want or just what they'd like to see for their supervisorial area. So we'll have public hearings coming up and the, the kicker in this timeline, the census data is very late. Typically we would have had it by May of the year we need to work with it in. Um, we still have the June primary and it's not moving dates. <laughs> um, the legislators have been very clear, they absolutely will not move election dates. So what we're looking at is just a very short time frame to get everything done. So we'll have to submit the, release the draft maps to the public, um, then we're gonna have discussions about that, and then the board has to adopt it. And then the other time frame after this happens, and I'm the election official, so it's very important to me, is the elections office then needs to take those district lines and rework all of the, the voting areas, the precincts that you vote in to make sure that you get the right information on your ballot. So that's really important to me because <laughs> it would be awful to have an election without um, the right ballot types going out. So um, we also have to work that somewhere in this time frame before a petition lose open December 16th. So the county's got to hustle here. What now? So what can we do right now? You can check out the website, you can watch for updates to this timeline, you can submit a community of interest map, you can provide your email address and we'll send you updates, and you can submit public comments. We passed around a public comment card. You could use that to, 
to tell us what your community of interest is. If you don't want to draw a map, you could write it out and say, I live between here and here, and I feel my subdivision more, um, more readily, um, I can't think of the word. There you go. More aligns with copper than it does Jenny Lind, and I would like this area to be kept in District 4. Um, I just made up that example. I'm not suggesting that I'm going to start <laughs> drawing the line, moving anything out. Um, but those are the type of comments you could start submitting now and that we would take into consideration when drawing the lines. Um, the public comment card also, if you didn't want to tell us anything about right now, how you want, you want to digest this information and think about it further, but you want updates from us, if you just provide your name and email address, we'll send you updates every time we release anything. So here's some contact information. If you want to make any comments specific to redistricting, it would be awesome if you could email the redistricting email address. That way I can make sure it's all being compiled in one spot. Um, if you want to talk to someone in specific, specifically, you can message me personally or you can email any one of your supervisors. The only caveat to that is I'm going to send it all to the redistricting email at some point because I want it compiled all in one spot so I'm not missing any public comment anywhere. So Calaveras County um, redistricting. Hey, this isn't my right PowerPoint. We estimated um, after the census changes, the current supervisorial districts have changed slightly, not significantly. I actually even did a pie chart just to see what it would look like. Like, oh, would it show District 2 as shrunk? It, it didn't show anything on a pie chart. But what we are looking from this change is the population of District 1 stayed pretty stagnant. District 2 shrunk. District 3, um, again, stayed mostly stagnant. District 4 grew a bit, and District 5 grew a bit. So District 1 and 3, technically, are within the allowable 5% deviation. You'll see their numbers are green. Our goal number is 9,058. Acceptable ranges would be from 8,600 to 9,510. So the, the the district that lost the most population is District 2, and for us to make the adjustments, that district will have to grow um, geographically. So whenever you lose population, you're typically bigger in size after the, the redistricting process. Right. And with that, I'm going to open to comments and questions. It's not on my slide. I'll bring it back up. If anyone has any comments or questions, we can go through it. I speak really fast, so I apologize for that. Yes? Quick question. How much does the actual population count in coming up with this figure? District 2 has to grow, and it looks like District 4 maybe shrinks. Uh, is that a driving influence, or is it just a piece of the puzzle when you factor everything else in? Or is that going to be the primary one and everything it's prime it's primary and then everything when it comes to public input with, with communities of interest will follow but also with your uh, census blocks which she'll explain in the next segment 
which is the crucial part of the information when it comes to populations, as she'll explain in a moment, and the one that the state still hasn't given us. So that's going to be the final step as introduced, because these census blocks, you look at that map, you see the little gray lines on, on the map in the, in the districts. Those little gray lines are the outside of census blocks. And those will have an applied population in each census block throughout the county. And that's how we break them up. We can't break those census blocks up, right, Rebecca? Correct. All right. So I, that's when I said that population's the number one priority. The way we know our population is based off of those census blocks. So breaking up a census block is breaking up the data we know. And so we don't know if you've split it, which side of the population's on either side. Because all we're given is, here's your block. There's this many people in it. So there's no way for us to split that up and keep the data sound. They won't allow us. The state says no. <laughs> it's one of the number one things that could open you up to a lawsuit, essentially, like if you break the census lot. I asked. And they said, why would you do that? <laughs> so. <clears throat> Um, you probably see a lot going on the TV. Today I updated my PowerPoint and the one I just shared was the one I shared a couple nights ago and so I had a couple new slides I did want to share with you guys but you can feel free to continue asking questions as I do that. Okay. Question. The population to district, is that pretty set by the So she, she had a graph up a little bit earlier that was on the both slides. And there is, it said the actual population data, the census population data. And there's district one, two, three, four, and five on that. And you go down and it says actual population there. And it also gives you percent deviation to your right. And then the acceptable range. The acceptable range with a 5% deviation is with the total population in Calabarras right now is anywhere from 8,608 people to 9,510. My district five has 15 too many people I have to give up to be within that deviation. It's not gonna really work out to that 15, but that's just an example. Jack uh, Garamendi in district two, he's short 2,100, or no, I'm sorry, 1,201 people to get to the 8,608 on the low end. So there, it's pretty much going to be a domino effect across the county to fill in District 2. Is that a good example? So, so we have, after redistricting, we had 45,292 considered in Calaveras County. So we came up with our 9,058 by dividing that number by five. So every county is trying to get to their equal across. So if another county had seven supervisors, they would take their total population and divide it by seven. So no, it's not 9,000 everywhere. Is that what you mean? But I guess I'm going back to the number of districts within our county is that's set by the government code in general. Counties that have a different number typically have a separate set of rules, like their charter counties. And so in a charter county, they might have a different number of supervisors. But here, we're not a charter county, so we just have general law, which is five supervisors. Yeah, yes. There's a question in the back. Yeah, so give me some 
Right. District 5. Okay, that can't happen again. That's, uh, with the way the population is, I'm actually District 5 supervisor now. At the time when they split it, I think it was Russ Thomas in 2010. Um, but Copperopolis and, and, and Rancho Calaveras were all part of the same district at that time. Well, that's when I moved to there was less danger. Right, but, but Rancho Calaveras, like where I'm at, is the smallest, District 5 is the smallest because I'm almost to the point of population in Rancho where I could almost be within my 5% margin and, and just be one district, and that would be the Rancho Colorado. So, I mean, I'm a little bit low, but it's, it's because they built that many homes in Rancho Calaveras and the population grew. Now it's blowing up down here in Copperopolis a little bit. So we're gonna have to shift everything to get it back shifted over to district two. And that's, that's where we're gonna have to work the magic because it's not an easy juggle. Okay, and, and correct me again if I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rebecca, if I'm taking over. The reason why I'm obliged is basically because Colorado County is exploding in a way that we didn't see. Then for a while, it was No, there's a shift. District 2 lost, what, near 2,000 people almost. So the redistricting, every 10 years, we're required to look at our population again and make sure that there's an even split amongst the districts. So when that census data comes back, they provide it to us, and then they say, now look at your districts and make sure there's equal, and you haven't gone outside that 5% deviation that's allowable. So if we were in, within, in every district, within the 5%, we wouldn't have to look at redistricting. But when you talked about the... Because we're so rural, because the county has only about 50,000 people in it. I mean, the city I left in the Bay Area, about 100,000. So do they take that into consideration, or do they make you draw lines so, no. tactic, so a mountain would be a natural barrier, and that would be what a line would follow. So, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Do you have a question? That we 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 are. Okay. So I missed I missed the question. Where the physical resident is, and I understand there's frustration among the larger property owners about being in two different districts, but it, it goes back to the primary resident of where the house is that you registered. So if I have 5,000 acres, I'm going to have a population of eight. You'll be piling with someone yeah, at, okay. or the rest of the people someplace yeah. else. Can't you guys mind? The Zoom can't hear, so I need to repeat oh. the questions, but I can't do it. <laughs> Sorry, no, you're fine. Uh, my apologies. So you're asking if you had a population of eight in your 5,000 acres. Your 5,000 acres is going to be split by multiple census blocks. It just is. And it's going to tell us where those eight people are within one of those census blocks. And that is where that population is going to be grouped with one of the districts. 
it's law. It's not even state law, it's federal law. So yeah. that is what the county has to do. In the back with the black mask? Yeah, you ma'am? Yes, because and I'll let Rebecca repeat your question, and I'll answer with because that's a that's a community a special interest. Exactly. So the difference between being rural and residential is technically a, a, a community of interest, but it's also taken into consideration. Unfortunately, majority of Calaveras County would just be considered rural. Um, so we don't necessarily, we're not going to split off all the cities from all the rural spaces because we don't have enough population to have the ability to do that. So there's going to be some rural with some subdivision, no matter what, because all of Calaveras County is rural. Aside from District 5, which pretty much makes up their own district in Rancho Calaveras. Almost. You aren't going to take all of it from me. <laughs> It will come in. I'm listening, thinking about it, and I'm going, I don't think so, because what I'm hearing is that there's some subdivision that is rural, but everything in Calaveras is not rural. There's, you know, well, there's different rules. what you're saying and I'm sorry I can't see you so I'm kind of turning around trying to um, I understand what you're saying and when we get to statewide redistricting it definitely plays a part um, so I'm not involved in statewide redistricting but I thought it would be good to go over some of that because that's the other impact to the county we've always been in like one assembly district and one Senate district um, but every chance every time we go through a redistricting process we we are at risk of being split into multiple assembly or senate districts and that would shift our voting power a lot if something like that was to occur and that's where rural and um, residential really plays a role because we want to continue most likely being continue grouped with other rural counties um, i guess where i'm not getting myself across on it's not really possible in calaveras county is because we don't have enough population in a urban um, city center to draw its own district and keep the keep those in the rural areas out of it so um, 
We wouldn't be able to do that without drawing islands. If I didn't, I'd have to take Angel's Camp and group it with Valley Springs, but that's not possible. It would draw islands. And so we are going to have to continue grouping Angel's Camp with the outer area of Greater Angels. And we'll have to continue drooping Copper Town Square with the rural areas of Copper because um, otherwise we'd be drawing islands across the county and that's against the law. Does that help? Yes. Okay. Sir, in the back, you had a question earlier? What, what is the census law? Is it a population number or is yes. it a size? Uh, Both. Physical 10 hectares? Both. But they aren't, they, aren't, they aren't even size. Can you go back to that map? So a census block um, is both. It's a geographical area and it's a number attached to that geographical area of, uh, of a population. So on the screen, it uh, might be a little bit of difficult to see, but we have District 2 in green and District 1 in the blue. That light blue drawing between those two is a census block. And all the little grays that are harder to see as well are a census block. So they're not clean, tidy little blocks that we just get to play with. They're lines that look like this that we have to group together and then make them as compact as possible into supervisorial districts. Do you group it or the, the Fed, when they send out a map so that someone can go and knock on the doors of the count heads, and that's the block? That's the block, and then they tell us how much population is within that block. And then we, as the county, group it to create the supervisorial districts. But going back to what you said about general law and the number of supervisors, so if we shrink more than we grow in population, or we grow more than, or we grow more than we shrink, we don't have the ability to add a supervisor or delete a supervisor from districts. So in other words, if our population No, so the question was, I'm going to repeat it for Zoom, was can we shrink the number of supervisorial districts we get if the population or shrinks? Or grow. And the answer is no. Um, we have five supervisorial districts based off of we are a general law county. Only charter counties have a different number of supervisors. So, yeah, and it's not easy to become a charter county. It's not like we can just go, hey, governor, we want to be a charter county now. Uh, their specific criteria they went through to become a charter county, and it happened most of them 100 years ago. Yes, the question was you can't have four, you have to have five because you need an odd number. And yes, that in order for them to have a quorum and to be able to vote on something, you would have to have an odd number of. Exactly. Good point. So, with respect to these maps, we have these voting blocks, and this example you have, it's split between two. But in the end, when you remap, the, those voting blocks have to be in one or the other. Yes. So those are the ones that are the problem. 
Yes, and this right here was my example of, this is where we estimated a little bit because the data we pulled to off, off the state's website didn't have a complete list of what we, we call pop blocks, population layers. So there's different sizes, population blocks that were sent. And when we receive the Calaveras specific data, we expect to receive um, ones that line up with our supervisorial districts. But the ones we pulled off their website didn't quite match up, and so we had to estimate a little bit which side of the population um, does that make sense? What, what it was on? Yeah. Okay. definition of the census blocks did not change, but the census blocks could change um, slightly. Uh, the county in particular submitted some changes because there was an area where the census blocks didn't line up with the school district lines, and so we submitted uh, to have that changed because we thought it was important that it lined up with the school district lines because that's a community of interest and um, it didn't make sense for a line of people to be in the opposite district when they're in the school district on the other side. So it's actually between District 3 and 2 that the school district lines didn't match up. And so we had voters on either side of the line that were grouped with District 2, but for all intents and purposes really should have been in District 3, but because of the um, census blocks, they got put on the other side and, and vice versa. So um, no, the definition didn't change, but the census blocks themselves could change um, their geographical size. Very few houses in Dukian were built and already sold before they were finished. So now with that knowledge that Congress Drive is a desirable place to live, with everything that Congress Valley is doing that they have planned in their offices, do you take that into account or you only count extra here? We could not. So if that is so um, what's being asked is, are we taking into account the growth in certain areas? And although the county is aware of the growth, we cannot take it into consideration because we have to follow the population that was taken April of 2020, even though if it was taken April of 2021, it might be significantly different. We are required to follow those numbers. You guys have a lot of good questions. A lot more lively than it was in Valley Springs for me in two days ago. It's good to see you all. Well, I like it because it makes it feel worthwhile to be out here that people are interested and have questions. Um, if you keep thinking of them, go ahead. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to go back now, the state lines. So at this same time, the state is going through a redistricting. Go ahead. So this redistricting is going every 10 years, so the census is once every 10 years. Yes, the census is every once every 10 years. So they have to see that Yes, but that's federal law, and that's the way they've applied it. Well, it's the same thing. 
No, that, that one is a state law. That was, yeah. that made adjustments. The census is done federally. The assembly bill that I mentioned in the first made additional requirements to the redistricting process. Before, all we looked at was population, no gerrymandering, no discriminating against anyone. Now we're required to look at all of these other um, uh, map criteria in addition to those three main ones set by the federal government. Uh, so statewide redistricting. Uh, is also happening right now. So in addition to redrawing our lines in Calaveras County, the state across the board is redrawing their lines as well. So like we have our own mapping tool, the state has a mapping tool um, on drawmycaliforniacommunity.org as well. And what they're looking at redrawing are the Senate district lines, the congressional lines, the assembly district lines, and the board of equalization. So um, it's two different government entities are doing the same process for different lines right now. So right here is a picture of what um, the California's 8th Senate District looks like. That's where Calaveras County is. And I marked a star to show the location of Calaveras County in that um, district. So it goes all the way down to essentially Inyo County. Um, Assembly District, this is where we are here. And thank you. It is, again, uh, it primarily takes up all the rural counties on the eastern border um, of the Motherlode area. And then your congressional district. So it's primarily. So it goes, exactly, and that's why it's important to our rural area community like us that we are telling them this is our community and this is where we identify with other rural communities because if we were grouped with a large city, that takes away all of our voting power in the rural areas. So um, the assembly district, for instance, covers Alpine, Amador, Calaveras, El Dorado, um, all of Madera, all of Mariposa, Mono, all, and all of Tuolumne. So, where interestingly, I could talk about the Senate district, it primarily contains all um, those same rural counties I talked about and only pieces of larger cities. But how do they consider that community of interest? So if you're a farm in the valley, you're, you're able to not align with us. That's what your community. So you wouldn't be talking on the scale of the state about your subdivision like you would here in Calaveras County. You would be talking about maybe a tri-county area or counties that you find likeness with. So you'd be drawing your outline around Amador, Tuolumne, and Calaveras, maybe dipping into Mariposa and saying, this is my community of interest because we all share rural interest. So it would be a lot larger community. So in this, the board of for the Calaveras County, the Board of Supervisors has the final say. Um, but I'm going to be, go like I said, I'm compiling all the data of the comments that I will present back to them. And um, GIS and I will be drawing the initial draft maps based off of those comments and then presenting it to the board. And then for the state, the statewide redistricting um, committee has the say and how that, how that um, 
the final map is drawn. I have a question. The California First District Board of Equalization, are there only four members? Yes. That's an even number. They can't even stick to Oh, that I don't know how many members there are. There's only four <laughs> districts. I don't well, know how many members amongst their yeah. districts have. Sorry. Um, no, I'm not sure how many uh, are on each district, right? You know, that would be something to look up. Does Let's it just go. have four members? I'm trying to think on a ballot. I, I know, when we I, vote I, for I first district, four, we only vote for one. I know there's more than four members. I think there's some appointed also. Maybe that's it's elected and appointed. I, that elected might be. And appointed. So the Board of Equalization First District, which Calaveras is in, there's only one elected member. That's mm -hmm. what I can tell you because that's what on our ballots. But well, that's 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 a big district. Though. Stop asking questions. I don't All know right. the answers to. I, I didn't have the answer either. That's why I asked. <laughs> So um, that was all I wanted to bring to light was that the statewide redistricting process was also happening right now. Uh, and if you guys have further questions and comments, I'm happy to try and answer those. But otherwise, that's the end of my presentation. I don't know if I'm going to line up with our funds. I mean, their population obviously comes from Sacramento area. So they're going to have a lot more incumbents on our state is what we want. How did they draw that line? Uh, the state drew that line, and at that point, I'm not sure in 2010 um, who was drawing the lines. Um, they have a committee that does it now, but I'm not sure who did it in 2010. So, I mean, I think part of what it is, some of those, it's just parts, and El Dorado has very rural sections of it as well. And so, I'm assuming they grouped us versus that, but I don't know if South Lake Tahoe portion of El Dorado got grouped in it as well. I'm not positive. Yeah, so. Oh, and, and then it goes down to Bakersfield if we're including the assembly district, and, and it's the same thing. It's just hitting that total population without some of those population centers in certain districts is impossible with rural areas. If you go up to the northern section where there's like areas all the way up, even rural through El Dorado County, we don't even compare it to what LA is in itself, you know. And LA gets cut up with different different assembly districts. You look down there; they're cut up in a whole bunch of pieces. We, but so to get to those population statistics with the amount of congressional people, I agree with you that they don't necessarily aren't like-minded people or like or alike us in area in certain parts of El Dorado County. It's just we need the part of that population to get up to what that 5% deviation is when it comes to the division of how many congressional or assembly pe people are in the state. It, there's no way around it. I see your point, though, and that's why I wanted to bring up that the state redistricting was happening as well. Yeah. So you should submit a map because that helps them draw those lines. <laughs> put in your com put in your comment with the state and let them know, please. <laughs> yeah, I have the same viewpoint as my neighbor, but you know that that's a fa fact of life in any area. Um, but we have the rules given to us 
as presented, we, and that's what we have to work with. Until someone, until, until you run for president and change it. Question no. right there. <laughs> For California? So the comment was that um, 2010 was the first time that the state used um, the redistricting committee for drawing the lines and now we're doing it again in 2020. Thank you. Yeah, those lines changed quite a bit in 2010. It's, you know. So if you have any comments that you want to submit, Robin over here has a box to collect your comments if you wrote them down. If you just want to supply your email address for us to send you updates, um, we'll add you to the list and whenever we send out new information, um, we'll send it to you as well. I'm not trying to end it, but <laughs> if you don't have any further questions. And please, please take some candy and if you're mad at me, take extra candy. <laughs> Um, and then they all did the computers over there too. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I didn't even ask you if you guys wanted to say anything. I'll look at the chat and see if I can provide a response. I didn't hear what it was fully. Well, thank you everyone for coming here tonight. We appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> thank you.